If you've missed any of these uh, past few weeks, you can go back and you can you can uh, take a look. And by the way, you can go to our Facebook at uh, Facebook page or um, if you've signed up to our text club every week, we send out a link that will take you to our podcast. And so if you're at work, you can put it on and listen to us, share it, post it, listen uh, to it, and you can share it with friends. But here are some of the questions that we have uh, answered in the past few weeks. First one was this, can we go too far with this grace thing? Can we go too far with grace? Another question that we answered, I've never felt more discouraged, so what do I do? Another question, how do I overcome sin in my life? Is God judging America? Will I lose God's forgiveness if I mess up? What happens to believers who commit suicide? Again, if you've missed any of these uh, messages, you can go back and take a listen. But uh, today's question is this. Are you ready? Pastor, after the death of my baby girl, a family member told me that God took her. Should I believe that? Did God take my baby? Did God take my baby? The past, uh, really this week and last week, we've hit on some topics that really aren't discussed uh, in churches. And really, Christians have a difficult time talking about. And so anytime that we hit these topics, understand this, that our approach is to reveal the Father's heart. It's what Jesus came to do. He came to reveal, reveal to humanity the Father's heart, what God thought about humanity. And so with saying that, I think we've all experienced some sort of loss in our life. It's inevitable. We're going to face loss in this life. Just case in point, I'm, I'm 38, okay? I'm about to go to 39. And just a silly example, my youthfulness, I'm losing. <laughs> I'm getting older. <laughs> my wife is rebuking it for me. And I thank God for my wife. But we lose our youthfulness, right? Like, just think about it. There's, there's nothing, no cosmetics, no good diet, no exercise that can stop the process of growing old right? We lose our dreams. Some of us have lost dreams that we have had in our life, whether it's for our marriage, whether it's for our careers. We've lost dreams. And the more that we lose stability and routines in our life, guess what? We're introduced to transitions, meaning this, that any time that you are entering something new, you're losing something else transitions. And so many of us uh, are uncomfortable with transitions in our life. But can I tell you these transitions, if, if, if we rely on, on God the way he wants us to, can, there can actually be some growth out of them. And, and most of us will experience a catastrophic loss at some point, unexpectedly, whether that's a loved one that passes away, whether that's a sudden job loss, whether that's uh, something that hits our finances, whatever it is, 
we're going to experience loss in this life, but, but can I tell you, one of the most painful and unnatural losses is that of losing a child. So today, we continue in our series. Pastor, I got a question, and we're going to address the difficult question that's been asked in, in the email that we received here at Calvary Church. My baby died, and I was told that God took her does God take our children? Now, before I proceed, I, I just want to say just a couple of things. First, if you're sitting here today and you've lost loved ones in your life, can I tell you, I'm sorry for that. My heart goes out to you. If you're here today and you've lost a child, it's a difficult thing because no parent should have to bury their own child second I want to say that maybe you've heard some statements or comments which were probably said in complete ignorant innocence to try to comfort you it doesn't lessen the pain at all if you heard these statements I'm sorry for that too and oftentimes when people are dealing with loss, there's many that don't know how to handle it or even know what to say to the other person. So what they end up doing is saying filler statements. You want to know what filler statements are? They're, they start with, well, God needed and, you know, um, at least. And anytime any statement is started with God needed, and at least it's, it's probably a never good statement. So let me give you an example. A statement like this. Well, God must have needed another angel in heaven. Or God must have needed a flower in his garden. Or at least you can have another one. At least your baby's in heaven. Listen, all of us are going to pass one day, but... But I like to think that we just don't become angels or flowers in a garden because I don't think any parent wants to offer up their child for that purpose. One of the most damaging comments that I've heard handed down with comforting intentions is where we get today's question. And it's this. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Just a show of hands, how many of you have heard that, right? The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. We've heard it. So today we're going to look at one of the most misinterpreted verses in the Bible. Before we do that, come on, can you just take your right hand once more, place it on your heart right there where you are. Just give God thanks for everything that he's done for you. He's a good father. He's a good father. He's a good God. Even though you may feel vulnerable in this moment, you're protected. That's God's grace in your life. You're good, God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, everything you got, come on, repeat after me. Eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to receive, and a mouth to confess. All of the good things Christ has provided for me. Come on, if you believe that, come on, give Jesus some praise. Go with me to the book of Job, chapter 1. We're going to start there. If you have your Bibles, you're amazing. You're a good Christian. 
If you don't have your Bibles, guess what? You're still a good Christian, and you can follow with me with the screen behind me. Uh, Job, as we know Job's life, many of us have heard the story of Job. Job understood loss. In fact, he was acquainted with it because in one day, he lost everything. Talking about his family, his health, and his wealth. That's what you call a bad day, guys. Right? We know from the, just reading the Bible that Job um, was a rich man. He was a wealthy man. He was, he was considered the Jeff Bezos of that day. Okay? I know this may not mean anything to you, but I'm just going to throw out these things so that way you can see just how much he owned. 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 donkeys, and a large staff of employees. To us, that means nothing. But for that day, he was rich, and he very well could be on the Forbes magazine. Time's over. Over and over again. He was, he was that guy. But according to Job chapter 1, verse 3, the Bible says that he was the greatest man among all the people of the East. In addition to his wealth, um, Job chapter 2, verse 3 says that he was an upright man who tried to honor God in all things and steer clear from evil. And then suddenly we know the story. In one day, all the forces on earth come against Job. Enemies invaded, they captured his livestock, they slaughtered his staff, while simultaneously there was tornadoes and storms that destroyed his remaining property, livestock, and even killed his children. That's a bad day. And shortly thereafter, to add insult to injury, right, his health was affected. And the Bible tells us that his body was covered with agonizing boils. So what's Job's response? What's his response in this? Look look at verse 21 of Job chapter 1. And Job says this. He said, I was born with nothing. I will die with nothing. The Lord gave and now he has taken away. May his name be praised. May his name be praised. And there you have it. If there was ever a scripture that led to misconceptions about the very nature of God, it's this one. Many of you might be thinking right now and and sitting here, well, what's wrong with Job's statement? Let me just say this, that I appreciate Job's attitude in the face of difficulty. Like, I, I really admire that he could say that while he's dealing with pain and loss. I appreciate his commitment to praise his name and to praise the Lord, regardless of what he was facing at that time. Come hell or high water, whether on the mountaintop or in the valley, he gave praise, right? But can I tell you, Job was wrong. So wrong, in fact, that later he came back and said this in chapter 42, verse 3. I spoke of things I did not understand. I spoke of things. This is important for us to speak about because anyone who is dealing with loss or is suffering has probably heard this verse. Think about it. We've heard it in funerals. We've heard it uh, from people that are close to us. 
We even sing it in songs, right? I'm not going to sing for you today, but the song goes like this. Uh, you give and you take away. You give and you take away. My heart would choose to say, Lord, bless be your name. And for some strange reason, I don't know why it is, but for some strange reason, people seem to find comfort in believing that God is responsible for their suffering just as much as he is responsible for their blessing. And so if you ask me, that's not comfort at all. If you ask me, that's not counseling at all. If you ask me, that's not a God that Jesus came to reveal. That's not. So does God give and take away? Specifically in light of today's question, does God give us children and then take them away? Let me just say this. To get a great understanding of God's character, we need to look at Jesus, not Job. Many of us try to get our picture of God by what, by what Job represented, but that's, that's not a picture of, of God. You know who is a great picture of God? It's Jesus. And sadly, many have more faith in Job than they have in Jesus. And can you imagine Jesus stealing and killing and destroying? Of course not. No, you can't. So how is it that some people think that God is responsible for Job's loss? But I can hear it now. It's in the Bible. It's black and white. It's right there. So let me say it this way. Are you better off looking at Jesus who said, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father? Or are you better looking at Job who had only heard of God but didn't actually know him? Well, I can tell you, friends, that today Jesus is the better choice. <laughs> You're going to find encouragement when you look at Jesus. You're going to find truth when you look at Jesus. You're going to find promises from God when you look at Jesus. Why? Because Jesus came to reveal God. Jesus came to reveal God the Father as a giver. So have you been given anything that you considered good in your life? I'm sure all of us have. All of us have then here's the point. You need to see God as your source. Check these two verses out right here. James chapter 1, verse 17. Every gift God freely gives us is good and perfect, streaming down from the Father of lights, who shines from the heavens with no hidden shadow or darkness and is never subject to change. That's good news for you today. That his character is, is never subject to change. Okay, let me put it to you like this. It does not matter what you do, how you do it, God's character towards you and nature towards you never changes. Let me give you another. Psalm 127, verse 3. Children are a gift from God. They are his reward. So let's establish today and this morning that God's a good giver. Can we, can we establish that together? He is a good giver and he gives good things to his children. And, and when you suffer loss, the temptation, the temptation may be to blame God, but that isn't the case at all because God by nature is a good giver. The Bible says that he doesn't change like a shifting shadow. 
That's not his MO. He is an extraordinary giver who never takes back good things. And if you're glad for that, you can give God some praise. Okay, Romans 11, 29 says this way. God never changes his mind about the people that he calls. He never decides to take back the blessings that he has given them. Okay, so, so if, God's, if God's doing the giving, who's doing the taking? Because there's a taker. And again, Jesus provides the answer for us. Here it is, John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? But I, now Jesus speaking, says, came to give life and life that is full and good. Let me give you a word that wraps all that goodness up. Abundance. I came to give you an abundant life. So one is a giver, God. The other one is a taker, the enemy, right? If you've been given anything good in this life, and I'm sure we can take inventory of all the good things that we've had in the, that we've been given in this life by way of God. If we can just focus on something that God has given us, can I tell you, you can praise God for that. And if any of us have suffered loss in our life, don't blame God because he's not the author of it. He isn't behind your loss. Remember, we get our view of God from Jesus not Job. So I think about Christmas, Christmas morning, because as an earthly parent, my, 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 my imagination like it runs wild on, on Christmas morning, like just leading up to Christmas. Like my kids are so excited for Christmas. We make it a big deal. And I just imagine, you know, they're waking up on, on, on Christmas morning. They see those gifts underneath the tree and that I, I, I then imagine what their faces would be like when they're opening those gifts and their excitement rises, right? And then I imagine like them playing with those gifts and toys. And I imagine just how um, happy they are and just how joyful they are in that moment. And as an earthly father, man, that makes me excited. It does. What would, it, what would I be like if, you know, maybe two weeks later, you know, after they've built some kind of routine of going to their toy and learning something new about that new toy, that new gift that dad gave them, what would it be like if I just took it away just all of a sudden? What would it be like? I think I'd be a bad parent, right? <laughs> think about that for a second. What good parent does that? Now, Matthew chapter 7, verse 11 says it this way for you to get a picture. If you, imperfect as you are, know how to lovingly take care of your children and give them what's best, how much more ready is your heavenly Father to give wonderful gifts to those who ask him? I love that. Because that is showing me that I have the best intentions for my kids and I can do everything I possibly can to uh, allow them to overcome in life and be empowered in life. But I'm still a human parent. But my Heavenly Father, who is greater than I, gives way more than I can possibly give. And that's good news for us today. That's what I've learned, oh, over my years, is that humans are spectacularly slow 
learners, especially me. My wife can tell you. From the beginning of human history, get this, the devil's been trying to steal what God has given to you. From the beginning, God, the enemy has been trying to steal what God has given to humanity. So let me give you examples. God gave us authority, right? He gave us dominion over the planet. Guess what? The, de- the devil stole it and took it. God gave you freedom, and the devil somehow got you to choose bondage. God gave us eternal life, health, and his glory, and we lost it all. But today, as I stand, can I tell you, as I sit right in front of you, and you're here this morning, we declare a good news message, a new covenant message, a a finished work message, and thank God that Jesus Jesus is the one who took back everything that was taken from us. Salvation, peace, joy, healing. Everything that was taken, Jesus gave it back to you. If you're glad for that, come on, give him some praise. So God's nature is to give. That's his nature. He was... Created to give. That, that's, that's why he created us so that we be receivers of his, of his lavish giving day after day that we would receive his, his, his very nature each and every day. This is why he created us. Please get a picture of that. And so God is a giver. And so if you're here well, and you still say, well, God takes away something. Yes, God did take away something. You want to know what he took away? He took away your sin. He took away your shame. He took away your condemnation. He took away your fear, your despair, your deep angst. He took away your suffocating grief. That's what he takes away. If he takes away anything, he takes everything that harms you. He takes it away. And so as, as the story of Job continues, listen, were introduced to, to some of his friends and family members, and they had no, they couldn't offer any help to Job because all they did was speak negative things to Job, almost to the point to where they said, "You just curse God and die. You got none left, Job. You got none left." Did you know there was another guy in the Bible who was robbed? Yeah, his name was King David. Both Job and David experienced great distress in their life. They were surrounded by foolish people who gave them bad advice. But unlike Job, you know what David did? David didn't credit his valley of death to God. No, he didn't. Listen to 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. He encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. Did you know you did that just a minute ago in worship? Yeah, you encouraged yourself in the Lord, your God. Every day, you get an opportunity to do that. And so so hear me when I say this, because the church will never see victory if we think God's behind our suffering. We're never going to get victory as a church if we equate our suffering to God. I can tell you, not this church, because you'll never hear prayers like that, but there are churches out there that do that. And if we think God's paying us back for anything that we did, 
If we believe that God has taken away something from us, from anything that we did, by trying to teach us a lesson, by striking us with an illness or a sickness or ripping us apart in our relationships, we'll never fight back when the enemy attacks us. Why? Because if we think God's the one robbing us, we won't even resist. We'll just let the enemy waltz in and take everything and we'll just sit around all the while singing, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. (laughs) But you got more stake in this than you realize. Because when you understand that you have the very righteousness of God in you, that you have his glory, you are created new, that you, have, you are a son and you are a daughter in God's king, kingdom. And you have authority and power in his glory to rule and reign today. Not, not in the future, but today. Do you know what happens to a believer that starts to think like that? Your prayers start different. This is something my wife and I have been talking about, spiritual warfare. Because there is a warfare happening, but it's not the way we used to think. Now it's declaring, declaring, using God's already spoken word, already what he has declared in heaven. It's using that, and we are an echo. We are a mouthpiece to what he already believes. Here's why that's important. Because all you're hearing is bad news. And so you hear that bad news, and you repeat that bad news. And here's what it sounds like. Well, man, the world is going to hell. I mean, there's no hope for us. Jeez, what are we to do? Someone get up and do something. No, you get up, do something. It's us. We carry the very light inside of us. Now, that's good because I can get you rowdy and shouting, but hear me because it's difficult to do when you're in the middle of a situation like suffering and loss. But this is where you have to see God's nature. Because even while you're in the moment of suffering and loss, you can still have a clear picture of who God is. See, in the past when there were suffering and loss in my life, it always went to a Job perspective. He gives, he takes. And so maybe it wasn't a loved one that you lost. Maybe it wasn't a child that you lost. But have you ever had this thought? And you don't have to raise your hands because I'm going to expose you right now. And that's not my intent. I'm just trying to relate to you. But have you ever had this thought where you've received a blessing? You knew it was from God. But then on the flip side of that, you say, oh, God, something bad is about to happen. He gives, takes away. So you're with me. And so we have to understand that Jesus is a giver and he doesn't take back the good things that he gives. And so we have to understand that this life, this journey that we're on is really receiving good things from God. So the story of Job isn't about how the devil tricked God into ruining a man's life. Instead, this story is how God's able to take the worst kind of suffering in this world, afflictions that were thrown at Job and turned them around for good and God's glory. That's the story of Job. It's the reminder 
that if you find yourself in a difficult situation, it's not over yet. It's a reminder that if you've experienced loss in your life, there is still something good that can come out of it. Why? Because it's God's grace. Because by his grace, he redeems. By his grace, he strengthens and he gives you hope so that you can move forward in your life. And so you may find yourself like Job and like David in a place where you feel like you've been robbed. And maybe today you're dealing with some kind of deep anxiety or devastating loss of a loved one or of a child. And I want to encourage you today to listen to the words of, of, of what Jesus declares over you. Let's just take David's words, for example. Psalm 23, verses 4 and 6. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Surely your goodness and your unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Or what about this one, Psalm 34, 18? David, again, if your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath. Listen to what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our afflictions. In just a moment, I want to pray for two groups of people. The first group I want to pray for are those grieving a loss of a child. The second group I want to pray for those who are navigating through any kind of loss. But before I pray, what can we do right here? What can we do to navigate through loss? What are some things that we can do to navigate through loss? Now, I don't have anything new. All I... All I have to give you is encouragement from God's word. But I can tell you this, that, that while Joe may not have gotten it all right and said all the right things, his journey through grief led him to a new place of beginnings. Healing, restoration. And I believe that as some of us, where we find ourselves with loss and a broken heart and we're dealing with things, can I tell you that we're going to have the same, the same journey. So real quickly, let me just give you these. How are we going to navigate through loss? Number one is this. Pay attention and process. Pay attention and process. What do I mean by that? One thing that we get from Job is Job wasn't af- afraid to grieve. He wasn't afraid to, to feel those emotions. And when the enemy has come in and taken anything from you, can I tell you, there is going to be anger. There is going to be some sadness. Can I tell you right here, emotions are natural. God gave you emotions so you can feel. I believe emotions are a gift from God. I believe time is a gift from God. Time and emotions can work for our benefit. The more time that we're given, can I tell you, my emotions get better here's the key the key is for us to have emotions without our emotions having us 
meaning that we don't attach our, our identity to those emotions. And now those emotions become who we are and where we speak from and where we live our life. But at the same point, we shouldn't pretend that we don't feel. Matter of fact, you, you should feel. But when we do that, do you know what happens? When we reject feeling and emotions, we create blind spots. And these blind spots are hidden and they'll never be processed. And so the best thing that you and I can do, here it is, is to acknowledge the emotions, but lean into the Holy Spirit to guide you as you process in a healthy way. Let me give you a verse that will help you. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 4 tells us this, that there is a time to weep, there is a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. What does that even mean? Take time to explore those emotions and recognize the power of seasons to process. Here's why. Because God never wastes a season. You always come out carrying something worth gold. Number two, you can write this down. Wait in the, wait in the confusing in-between. How many know that when you wait, it's confusing at times? We don't like to wait. We avoid lines. I mean, thank God for these apps now that you can like order ahead of time and just go pick it up, right? We don't like waiting. But when you're dealing with something, sometimes because you have to emotionally process, there's going to be some waiting especially when you don't have answers to what you're dealing with. And grief consists of a great deal of confusing in-between spaces. Because Job found himself here while his friends were trying to speak to him and giving him bad advice, and there was no understanding. To him, it was an area of confusion. Here's the point. We don't, all, we don't always have the right answers. And can I tell you, that's okay. That's all right. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says this, that there are some things that the Lord our God has kept secret. Only he knows these things. So let me encourage you. Anyone that has been looking, searching for an answer on why things have happened in their life, can I tell you, even if God doesn't give you a clear answer, he can give you peace as you move forward. Lord, why this happened? I need an answer to move on. And that sounds noble. It sounds great. But a lot of times, you don't get the answer that you are desiring. But can I tell you, you can get the peace that you, you need. And because you have the peace that you need, you don't focus on getting the answer. Because where peace is, Breeds life, breeds confidence, assurance. And so here at Calvary, we, we want to help every person that finds himself in the in-between moments. And so the amazing thing about that time of waiting, and I love this, is what God does in you as you wait. 
Look at Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. It says this, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So as we wait on the Lord, he gives us grace for what we need. He gives us what we need. He gives us the word of God, the spirit of God, and the people of God. Strength. Okay, here's the last one. And then we're going to pray for two groups of people. You can write this down. Let the old birth the new. Let the old birth the new. Do you know what makes loss sting the way it does? It's the finality of it. It's that there is a final and completion of something. Remember, let me help you out. Anytime you are transitioning into something new, it's most likely that you're losing something. In Job's case, something old, he lost. But Job came to this place where he recognized the old has happened. But God has birthed in something new. And I love it because in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, it reminds us how God works in our life. Let me read it to you. It says this, and we know that for those who love God, all things, I'm going to say all things, work together for those who are called according to his purpose. First of all, do you know his purpose? His purpose is that you would have Christ and Christ in you. So you're already one step ahead. But get this, all things work together for your good. That means the bad, the things that caused you to stay up at night, the grief, the loss, the pain, things that were stolen, the thing that was broken, all those things, <laughs> Jesus promises to us that he works them out for our good. Now, I often said this, but I need to say it again, because man, you and I, can work good out of good. We can make something good out of something that's already good. But God is the only one that can make something good out of something bad. And so in the case of Job, listen, God blessed Job in a tangible way, quantity. But he also blessed Job in a very spiritual, deep revelation kind of way quality God is a restorer that's who he is listen to Job 42 10 this is what it says so the Lord restored what Job had lost and the Lord doubled all that had belonged to him you want to know what the the faith statement is whenever you lose something God 
restore. Get a picture, church, because I believe God can restore quantity. But I really believe that he restores first quality. What does that mean? A deep knowing and an understanding of his character. Quality. He restores. And get this, as you receive the, as you receive that quality restoration, it gives birth to quantity restoration. Now, as we look at Job, Job wasn't under the new covenant. But, but there's a promise from God in the Old Testament that says, whatever was stolen from you, you can find it. It was speaking of your ox and your donkeys and your cattle. If a man came and stole from you, you can go back to the judge and say, this man stole from me, and that man that stole from you has to bless you double. That was part of the law. That's the way they operated. We're not under the old covenant. We're under the new covenant. But the same principle applies. I hope you see this. Because what the enemy, what he has taken from you, the great judge, you want to know who that is? Your heavenly father. Has declared over the enemy, you have been defeated. And everything that you take, you have taken from my people I'm going to take from you and give back to them and even more so restore quality and quantity do you want to know what restoration looks like now in the new covenant remember the perfect phrase in the new covenant how much more because of God's grace how much more am I blessed because of God's grace how much more do I walk in his authority because of God's grace how much more how much more Restoration of the new covenant, it's not just double, it's triple, it's 30, it's 60, it's a hundredfold, it's overflow, it's abundant. You're in the new covenant. Believer, whatever you lost, whatever that looks like, quality restoration will give birth to quantity restoration. Right where you are, can you lift your hands in his presence? Thank you, Jesus, that you're a great restorer. You restore us. Whatever the enemy has taken and stolen, God, you give back to us. Lord, thank you that you are a giver by nature. Lord, I pray for every person that is hearing me today. If they're dealing with loss of a child, Lord, Lord, we just pray over them healing in their heart. They may never get the answer that they're desiring or wanting, but Lord, I just declare a supernatural peace. This peace, Lord, this peace comes from heaven. This peace surpasses our own logic, our own reasoning, our own understanding. Our desire to try to comprehend, it surpasses that. And I declare right now that that, that, that pain will be replaced with peace. Confusion will be replaced with your peace. Healing in Jesus' name. Lord, I, I pray over everyone that is dealing with some sort of loss. 
whether it's financial loss, whether it's a relational loss, even a dream loss, Lord, I just declare over them today that God is your comfort and God is your peace. You're not alone in this. His grace is with you. Find comfort in him. Each and every day is a new aspect of his grace that you can learn, that you can lean into. Thank you for your counsel, Jesus. I declare over each person right now, I declare super natural peace like never before. May they sense you in their situation. And I encourage you to say, peace, calm the storm. The raging storm in their mind, the raging storm in their soul. Peace, calm the storm. You will laugh. You will find joy. You will find comfort. You will gain clarity. Because you gain clarity, you will you will see God in your life, in the details of it. I declare over you today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, can you give Jesus a hand clap of praise?